I think we we had a little bit left over on sheet 16, but I was out, out helping move the shed before service, so I didn't get to pull that back up. So what we're going to do is we're just going to move into sheet 17, and I'll pick up the end of sheet 16 the next time we have biblical worldview. But let's let's jump in um, to this, and and if for some reason we get through this whole thing, we can we can jump back to that other sheet um, a little bit later. But um, uh, I started out. We're, we're starting a new section, so that last little bit of sheet 16 is the section on the deity of Christ. But tonight we're going to jump into a new section, and, and this, this section deals with the biblical account of creation. As, as, we, look, as we look at biblical worldview, um, it, it's important that we understand different things. One of them was important that we understand the deity of Jesus Christ, who Jesus Christ is, that he is the Son of God, he's also our Savior, our Redeemer. Um, it's important that we understand that, and that's something we have to hold to. Uh, the biblical account of creation is something else in that same realm, and we'll talk about why that is in, in just in just a, a minute. But um, let me read this quote to you from Chapel, gentleman who wrote the book. And by the way, I, I never know which chapel. There's two chapels wrote the book. So, so it's, I just always say Chapel. Apple. I don't know. It doesn't say which one are these quotes in the book, but he says this. He says, of all the doctrines the Bible teaches, one of the most attacked, ridiculed, and criticized is that of a literal six-day creation by God's miraculous power. I'll give that to you again. I know some of you are going to need it, right? <laughs> I see Mary laughing already. She's like, I didn't get that. Of all the doctrines the Bible teaches, one of the most attacked, ridiculed, and criticized is that of a literal six-day creation by God's miraculous power. Now, I want us to look, and then we're going we're to talk about issues with this in just a couple minutes, but before we get that far, um, let, me, let me look at a couple things here. First of all, there was a poll done in 2007, and in 2007... 50% of Americans said they were very familiar with creationism. That doesn't necessarily mean they believe it. It's just they were familiar, they were very familiar with the concept of creationism. Okay, 50% 2007. Seven years later, 2014, look at the drop. 12 percentage point drop. 38% of Americans said that they were familiar with creationism. So folks, we're, we're getting dangerously close to the to the th one-third mark, the 33% mark, of only one-third of Americans even know what creationism is, understand it as a as a familiar topic to them. That's that's staggering when you when you think about it. So now now I want to look at this chart, and we're gonna fill in this chart tonight. And I want us to look at this chart and see what we can learn from this chart. So this chart has three categories. It has categories of, uh, of people believe that God created man, period. They believe in creationism, God created man, everything else. Uh, then we have a category where man developed, but God somehow assisted in that development. Okay, that's that category. Then we have the category of man developed. In other words, man came to be and God had no part with it at all. Okay, so these are the three main categories of philosophy when it comes to man and man's existence. God, one is God created man, one is man somehow developed, but God did do some guiding along the way, and the other is man developed, basically that would be the evolutionist view, man developed and God had no part of it. 
Okay, so those are the three viewpoints. So now let's let's look at the percentages. So the first one is church attendance. People that attend church weekly, people that attend church monthly, and people that attend church seldom. Okay, now I'm going to give you these numbers going left to right, not up and down. So go left to right. I'm going to give you the numbers, and we're going to fill in all nine of these numbers, and then we'll talk about them. So weekly going left to right. 68, 26, 3. 68, 26, 3. Okay, now let's go monthly going left to right. 47, 44, 6. 47, 44, 6. And then people that seldom attend church left to right. 27, 33, 26. I'm 36, excuse me, 27, 33, 36. Sorry, that last number is 36, not 26. Okay, so let's let's stop now. Don't worry about the rest of that block blocks right now. Let's look at those first three lines. People that attend church. Now, when you look at those nine numbers on those three lines, what do you see? What, what do you see, Maxine? Yeah. Number one, the more the more they attend church, the more they believe the biblical account of creation. That's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. You attend church, you you believe what God said came to be. Okay, so yeah, that's an that's a big one right from the start. The more often you attend, I mean, look at the numbers, how dramatically they go down. 68, 47, 27. So, you know, and look at that huge drop, even from weekly to monthly. Somebody goes to church every week, 68 believe percent believe that God created man compared to monthly 47%. Okay, what else do you see in those numbers, though? Because I see some other things in those numbers, some that are disturbing. Yeah, seldom all the way to the right. Yeah, seldom all the way right. People that, people that seldom go to church, 36% don't even believe God had anything to do with the creation of man. But I see something even more disturbing than that number, because that number is disturbing. But I see something more disturbing than that number. Patrick? I don't think I have what you're thinking, but I seldom to somebody who goes, to, who thinks God created man, could be once every two months. Whereas for somebody who says man developed God had no part, that might be once every 10 years. Yeah. In other words, their interpretation of that seldom could be way, way different. Right. Based well, that could what, be, yes. In what category That's in. what category the seldom, yeah. And, the, and, the, and, the, and this particular poll didn't break that down any right, further. Right. But anyway, that's not, I'm sure yeah. you've got What I'm looking at is the middle of the top row. Those who attend church weekly, 26% say that man developed and just God just had some guidance. So what does that tell me? That tells me that a quarter of the people that go to church every week of their life do not believe in a biblical view of creation. Right. 26% of the people who go to church every week do not believe in the biblical account of creation. Cody? I think there are a number of large Christian denominations, Catholics and whatnot, who hold, who lean towards a theistic evolution standpoint. So that would account for some of that, is that there's some very large Sure. Groups of Christians, quote, yeah, that, that are that are under that category, yes. That would fall under yeah, and we're going to get to that further down the chart because we have Protestant, Catholic, and none yeah, yeah. for for okay. yes, but yes, but but no matter what though, we got a 26 percent of people that go to church every week 
do not believe the biblical account of creation. To me, that's staggering, number one, but also to me, that's very scary. That's very scary, because if they're not believing the biblical account of creation, what else does that mean? It means they don't believe the Bible, because the Bible starts with creation. Well, it starts in Job, literally. If we want to go by dates, it starts in Job, but creation's next, you know, in Genesis. Yes, Gloria. Right, does not break down, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't account for that, right. This was just an overall, yeah, just an overall poll here. So, yeah, so these numbers are kind of, kind of astounding. So now let's go to the next category. The next category is, is religion. So we would be lumped in with what is called the Protestant religion, okay? Now, that... There's a lot that are lumped in our category that I would definitely not agree with, but for for the world's viewpoint, we are lumped in with what are Protestants, okay? Then you have Catholics, those that are Catholicism, the Catholics, and then we have none. So for the sake of this study, they just broke it down to three categories. People that are basically Protestant, basically are Catholic, or basically don't claim any denomination at all. Okay, so that's how they broke. So now let's go those numbers across. Okay, so Protestant going left to right. 56, 33, 6. 56, 33, 6. Catholic, 34, 46, 18. 34, 46, 18. And then none is 14, 22, 59. 14, 22.59. Okay, so now we look at those nine numbers. What do you see there? Wow. Yeah, wow. There's a big wow in there, yeah. Because those that are considered Protestant still have 33% that don't buy a complete biblical version of creation. But look at the Catholic percentage. 46% do not believe a biblical view of creation. That's almost half, folks. That is almost half. I wish I could remember when this... Oh, I do. I have it down. This this was done June of 2019. Okay, so this this poll was taken June of... Two, so it's not super old, but it's not, it's not in the last couple of years. Probably is worse in the last couple of years. But June of 2019 is when this poll was taken. This is a Gallup poll. So if you know your polls, Gallup's usually pretty pretty good with polling. They're, they usually do a pretty good percentage on stuff. Not No polling numbers are perfect, but Gallup's usually pr- pretty good on their polls. But but to me, that's staggering, 46%. I mean, that's just that's just staggering. And, the, and then look at look at the people that don't claim a denomination. Only 14% believe in a biblical account of creation. I mean, to, to me, these these numbers are, are just very telltale and, 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 and help us understand there's a huge disconnect out here in society today, a huge disconnect. And uh, and, and we need to we need to understand that. And, and, and we're going to talk more about why is there this disconnect? Because I, I do think there's some specific reasons why there is this disconnect. And, and, I, and I think, well, we'll, talk, we'll save that for a few moments. We'll talk about it in a couple minutes. Um, let's go to the last category on this chart. On this chart, um, is there any more of the sheets? Can somebody get another sheet down? Yeah. Jim, right? 
Bill. Bill, sorry, sorry. This is Jim. I knew that. Sorry, Bill. Bill. Bill's been new visiting with us. So he was helping us move the shed just now. <laughs> so we appreciate that, Bill. Anyway, all right. They, somebody can share the other numbers we already talked about. We're in the last category there of the chart, education. So let's read left to right again. Education. Those with no college degree, 48, 30, 16. 48, 30, 16. Those with a college degree... 23, 40, 33. 23, 40, 33. Now, this, this category really shouldn't surprise us after some of the other things we looked at earlier in this biblical worldview study. But what does this very, very quickly tell us is happening at most of our colleges across the country? Knowledge pops up. They're not teaching truth. I mean, right? I mean, they're teaching, uh, obviously, an evolutionist viewpoint because if you add the two last categories together, 73% of people that have a college degree do not believe in a biblical uh, account of creation. 73, that's almost three quarters. Gloria. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up going up to the dean of the college over that. Actually, I ended up getting an egg. He said, she put your answers down. You didn't have to read your other answer. Yeah. You know, but the fact is, that far back, yeah. you know, even though I put his answers down, because I knew that's what they wanted, yeah. and then I wrote the account of yeah. <laughs> creation there. Yeah. There. And then there's other people that, you know, just... Yeah. Yeah. Listen, folks, I just want to I'm I'm just going to say this flat out. If you watch the news now today, you can tell what has happened on our college campuses. It's disastrous. The woke ideology has permeated these colleges, colleges that were elite colleges. Many of those colleges in their early days trained pastors. I mean, I mean, some of these huge colleges that are so woke and liberal today trained pastors when they first started. And they are complete woke, ideological, leftist, whatever you want to term you want to put with it. Yes. I think across the board, you pretty much see them instead of equipping and, and teaching what they need to know to, to do well or be successful in the world, instead of dismantling. Everything yeah. that they need to see things in a not even just a, a Christian worldview, but a but a a, a, a helpful you know, yeah. You, you can be a helpful <laughs> member of society. Just to be a good member of society. Yeah, they they right? seem to be dismantling yes. everything without a, without a doubt, without a doubt. And listen, folks, I, I'll tell you what. All you gotta do get a couple of these universities, elite universities, and look at their majors. You can read their list of majors, and you can tell they're not preparing people to be helpful members of society. They're not. They may have some some schools within their school that are, but a lot of them are not. But but we can clearly see from this from this survey that that a huge uh, a huge percentage of young people that get their college degree obviously do not believe in um a biblical uh, account of creation. Now, uh, we got the note on here near the bottom of the page. It says, thinking that denies God as literal creator 
and of a worldwide flood even existed in Bible times. So this is not new. <laughs> the idea that God didn't really create as he said he created and, and whether there really was a biblical uh, flood, worldwide flood, as the Bible records, uh, those have been things that have been, that people have tried to cast doubt on since Bible times. How do we know that? Well, we know that from this verse, 2 Peter 3 and verse 5. Notice what it says. It says, for this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, flip the page, by the word of God, those all three words go in that space, the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in water. Okay, so what is he saying? He says, he says basically in this passage that People back in this time, when when Peter wrote this passage, he said people were willingly ignorant that the heavens were of old, as the word of God said, and God created then the earth, and that the earth was standing out of the water and in the water. Okay, so basically creation and the flood. Okay, so the key words in that verse are willingly ignorant. Willingly ignorant. It's not that they were just ignorant. They were willingly ignorant. So here's what a chapel put in his book. This is what he says. I've written it out there for you. A creator has the right to make demands of his creation, and he has the right to judge those who refuse to obey his laws. To avoid facing this truth, people will believe the most ridiculous things and will vehemently reject anyone who challenges their belief. Now, let's think about that just for a second, folks. Think about this. Does the creator have the right to make demands of his creation? Absolutely, he does. Amen. We have the illustration in Scripture of the potter and the clay. And what happens when the clay is marred? The potter changes it, right? Fixes it, adjusts it, does something different with it. Why? Because he's the potter. He's the one that has the power to do that. When he's making it on, well, if he was if he was molding something on the wheel out of clay and he doesn't like what it's doing, he has the right to change it because he's the potter. And, that, and, and, and we have the creator of this world, and as the creator of this world, God has the right to make demands of his creation. Now, here's where the problem is, and this is where the willingly ignorant come in. They are willingly ignorant. Why? Because they don't want to have to be responsible to anybody. Right. Patrick. That point, willingly ignorant, and, and you went back to the flood? Yes. Like the podcast came on just after the last video I watched, and I thought it would be really interesting about you know, the earth. Anyway, he was saying that there was, they found this, they were dug to this place that I don't know, I never heard of. Okay, and they found, or they found basically the, 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 the city or what it was down below. There was 45 feet of earth, and there was no sign of any, uh, anybody dying or anything in between. And he said, now it's not that Noah stuff, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tries to explain it, of course I said. Explain it away, right, right. <laughs> So, so listen, folks, we live in a time where people do not want to have to answer to anybody. Think about it. For, forget the spiritual side right now. Just think about it in the practical side. Why do businesses have so much problems 
finding employees that'll work for them. I can tell you why. It doesn't take rocket science because teenagers don't want to listen to somebody tell them what to do. I've worked in enough businesses to know. Teenagers don't want to work. They want to get paid, but they don't want to work to get paid. There's a different work ethic in the in the in society today than there used to be. When 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 man, when I was growing up, and I'm not that that old, folks, but man, when I was growing up, my dad had a good job. But when I wanted stuff, my dad didn't just buy me everything I wanted. He told me, "You want to go get a job, make some money, and then you can buy it." And that's what I did. And I mean, even, even as a teenager, I mean, as a teenager back now, this goes back. 40 some years ago as a teenager i bought myself a two thousand seven hundred dollar stereo system back that many years ago as a teenager every penny of it i earned working and i bought it piece by piece and bought that stereo system because i enjoyed i enjoyed electronics and things like that because why because my dad told me you got to go work <laughs> and so but but today businesses there are help wanted signs every business i know of out here and yet, what do we have on almost every street corner in Spotsylvania now? People asking for money. Maybe somebody is legitimate there. Maybe they got some health issue they can't work. But I'm watching most of them run up and down the road trying to get the money. And uh, I would say most of them could probably work. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm, if I'm throwing numbers, I'm saying 90%. I mean, I've watched them run over to a car that they get into after they've been saying they have no place to go and uh, jump in a car and ride off with somebody. So it's just like, you know, but, but listen, folks, but notice, so, so this is the issue. It's, it's an ignorance that is willingly done because they don't want to answer to somebody. But notice beyond that what this quote says. It says, to avoid facing this truth, people will believe the most ridiculous things. Turn on the news. Turn on the news. Does, it, does anybody here drive an electric car? I don't want to step on toes too bad tonight. Okay. Is one on fire in the parking lot? Is that <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, that could very well be. Uh, but uh, I just saw a survey this week. You know, electric car is going to save everything, going to be great, wonderful. Just saw a survey this week. Somebody did the calculations. To power your electric car and keep it on the road, it would be the equivalent of paying $17.33 a gallon for gas. Yeah, besides, besides the 60, 70, 80 grand you pay for the car. But just to keep it rolling down the road, it's the equivalent of paying $17.33 a gallon for gas. Now, let me ask you this. Is that ridiculous? <laughs> because to me it is, especially when all the people that are controlling all this stuff can't even tell you if it's even helping. You know, you get the guys that are the head guys in the administration, and when congressmen ask them, if we do this, is it going to make a difference? And they can't even answer the question then to me that's ridiculous but but and that's just one area but i mean we can think of so so many areas with what we know in technology now with what we're able to observe of a baby in a mother's womb would it not would you not say it's ridiculous to say that's not a life that would be ridiculous right we have sonograms we have we have things we can we can watch that baby move we can watch that baby's heartbeat we know that that baby is moving alive in there a drop of water on Mars is life, but a baby moving in the womb with a heartbeat is not. What, what is it? That's ridiculous. 
So that's ridiculous. Yeah. I heard this account of many women telling about having an abortion. And what they did is they keep the screen turned away from the mother. And if the mother sees the screen, they turn it away real fast. Like mm-hmm. they accidentally saw it was really the baby. Yeah. They try to keep the fact that it's really a baby away from the mother. Well, one of our, one of our lovely people that's running for election nearby who is running as a Democrat uh, is trying to push where uh, there's no mandatory for a woman to have an ultrasound or a sonogram before she has an abortion. Because why? Doesn't want her to see. Doesn't want her to see. Running for election right now. Just north of here, 10 minutes. Um, So anyway, willingly ignorant, most ridiculous things. And then this, and will vehemently reject anyone who challenges their belief. Do we not see that today, folks? There is no civil discourse anymore if you're not the way they want you to be. The minute you're not the way they want you to be, there's no debate. There's no, you know, our universities scream. We are, we are universities that allow opposite opinions and we thrive on discourse and debate. Send Riley Gaines to a university and see how much debate there is. Right? right? It's not done happening. So they claim, they claim they are <laughs> these, these opportunities for discourse and open debate and let's hear every opinion, but they only want to hear one opinion. And I'm not just here to bash universities tonight, folks, but that is one of one, where one of our biggest problems is when it comes to, to reaching people with the gospel of Christ is what's happened in our universities across this country. But, uh, um, but anyway, but I, this quote, I read this quote when I was making, working through this study, and I thought, oh, my goodness, that describes today so clearly, so clearly. Avoid facing the truth. They believe ridiculous things and will vehemently reject anyone who challenges their belief. I thought, man, that is just, that's just great. Okay, so now let's talk about this for a second because here is an interesting point. Uh, Evolution and creationism both require two things. They require faith and belief. See, folks, we cannot go into a science lab and prove creation. We can't. You can't go, you weren't there, I wasn't there. We can't go into a science lab and prove creation. We can't. Just like the evolutionist can't go into a science lab and prove evolution. He can't. Because he wasn't there when it all started. According to them, only a gas was there when it all started or something. I mean, I don't know. But, you know, he, you're not there. We weren't there. None of us were there. None of these scientists were there. So you can't go into a lab and prove either one. Both require faith and belief. And let me give these two points, Brother Brett, and I'm going to get to you. Here's the difference, though. The creationist requires faith in a creator. The creationist requires faith in a creator. The evolutionist requires faith in chance. The evolutionist requires faith in chance. Which one is it easier to have more faith in? (laughs) I mean, to believe that simply a God spoke all this into being and now we have what we have, or 
it just so happened that this gas exploded at the right time and suddenly something came out of it and then that thing was floating and then the thing was in water and then the thing was crawling and then the thing was was walking and then the thing uh, stood upright and then you know i mean how which one requires more faith i mean i mean to me it's it's very obvious it's much easier to believe in a god that created it all besides that god has put into man I don't want to get ahead of myself, but God has put into man something inside of him that understands there is something bigger than himself. Every society in this world, don't know if any that don't, no matter how deep, dark tribes they are, every society in this world believes there is something bigger than them. Now, some of them get wrong what it is, but they all, every society in this world that I know of, unless you can show me one I don't know of, believes that there is something out there bigger than they are. Okay, Brother Brett, sorry. I was just going to say, you already touched on it, is that there is a huge disparity between what evidence they have for what they believe compared to the evidence that there is for a creator that created all this. And the likelihood that, that just our planet is in the perfect position from the sun. Sure. And we, have, I mean, there's so many things. Right. They are just beyond the, the any possible. Right. That it could be an accident. Right. There's so that that's the other side of the coin. So the front side of the coin is both require faith and belief. We have to trust. We're trusting something. Either we're trusting what God said is true, that God created the world in six literal days. We're either trusting that or we're trusting that everything just happened by chance. But but and while you can't do either one in a laboratory because we we can't restart creation and we can't see evolution taking place in the laboratory. What we can see though in the scientific world is we can see order in things that how in the world would that ever happen by chance, right? The human eye, amazing. The whole human body for that sake, amazing. Which is also why I believe, and we're going to touch on this a lot on Sunday, we're going to touch on the human body, all the parts work together, right? Mm -hmm. Did that all happen by chance? That the hands just figure out what they're supposed to do and the fingers know what they're supposed to do and the feet know that, the, you know, why, why don't we walk on our hands and put our feet in the air? Because the human body knows what it, the parts are supposed to do, right? You know, the, the eyes see, so we know what's coming. The brain interprets all these things, you know, all the neurons and all that stuff. You know, well, the human body is, is an amazing, amazing thing that begs to say, how did that all just happen by chance? Or the animal kingdoms. Oh, my goodness. I love going to like a zoo or a bird sanctuary, stuff like that. Isn't creation just incredible? I mean, just incredible. It's just amazing. Did I see another hand? I thought I saw. Oh, Brett, Brett, go ahead. I, I was going to say, you know, I think the, the, the this, this quote-unquote scientific viewpoint that, you know, it's like they've been saying for years now about the vaccine and all that, just follow the science until you actually start talking science. Yeah. And everything falls apart. And right. The same thing is true, like you said, with the eye, the equilibrium, the fact that our whole planet has exactly what's needed to sustain right. life over and over and over and so many ecosystems that are entirely intricate you right. know, and 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 again their 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 idea of things just falls apart yeah when you, when you go there yeah. go ahead, i think the thing that gets me the most is male and female created he then the chance of it happening one time just one human 
Right. And a male and a female at the exact same time to reproduce and they work Right. That are that are put together in a way that they can reproduce and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. At the exact same time. And it and it works that so they can re- reproduce. Yeah. And think about this, folks. Now we say we can't prove creation and prove or prove evolution evolution, excuse me, in, in the lab, but what what about what about things like the law of thermodynamics? What is, what, are the, what is the law of thermodynamics? Things break down, right? Evolution wants us to think the opposite. They want us to think things are constantly improving. Oh, it just happens over so many millions of years, you don't see the improvement. But we don't see things improving. Or another law, you know, matter cannot be created or destroyed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think of things breaking down, I think, boy, you know, I, I had a, my first car was a 76 Cutlass. Boy, if that thing's improving by now, it would be like a 76 Rolls Royce. I mean, I, my, that car should be worth millions today, right? If it's improving constantly. No, where that car is, yeah, I'm sure by now it's been melted down somewhere to remake something else in the future because I know it's in the junkyard. It got to the junkyard before, after I sold it, before I knew very long it ended up in the junkyard because the kid got a wreck with it. You know, so, I mean, things are kind Think about our bodies, folks. What are our bodies doing? They're breaking down over time. We we're not getting, you know, as as we as we move from our 20s to our 30s, things are going pretty good, and, and even into our 40s. And then you get like me in my 50s, and things are falling apart now. <laughs> and uh, I, I guarantee you, in my 20s, shoveling mulch would not have done this to my wrist. And yet here I am, four months later, still dealing with a wrist issue. Why? Because our bodies are breaking. Because what? It gets yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, I just, I mean, just think about, I mean, just what we see in our world today tells us that things are deteriorating. Everything deteriorates. Food deteriorates. You buy it, you buy a tomato at the grocery store. And if you take it home and and put it in your closet and come back three years later, it is not going to be a block of gold. It's going to be a rotted, nasty, well, by then it's going to be completely dried up and gone anyway. But, right, it doesn't turn into a block of gold because you leave it in your closet for three years, right? It deteriorates. Everything deteriorates. And, and, and so there's so much evidence to speak towards the creationist viewpoint. And then on top of that, you do have everything the Bible talks about scientifically is correct. Everything. Now, the Bible is not just a science book. We know that. It's not a novel. It's not a, what, a history book. But the things it says are correct. What did the Bible say about the world? It's uh, The earth. It's a sphere. The earth is a sphere. The Bible said the earth was a sphere when man still thought the earth was flat. You ever see the old maps with the ship falling off the end of the map because, you know, the world was flat and they thought you just rode out in the ship and then you dropped off into who knows where, right? I mean, we see those maps. People thought the earth was flat. But the Bible says sphere. It says a circle of the earth. Circle of the earth, right. So it's a sphere. Yeah. A circle is a, a sphere is a collection of circles, right? In other words, one circle wouldn't necessarily be a sphere because a circle is on a cylinder too, right? So, see what I'm saying? No. In other words, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I get that. Well, a circle can. One circle. One. Oh yeah, I see what you're, you're saying. A, a complete, like a ball. A sphere would be a collection. Collection. Yes, to make a ball. I got you now. Now I got you. Okay. Yes. Yes. Fill out the sphere. Yes. Now I get it. Now back to the evidence real quick. Yes. 
Now faith is the is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seen, exactly, exactly. You know, the Bible says the the blood is the lifeline of the body. What they do back in George Washington's time? <laughs> Drained bodies of blood to get rid of diseases. What happened when they did that? People died. <laughs> Why? Because we need blood <laughs> to live. And the Bible tells us the blood is the lifeline of the body. Right? So everything the Bible says scientifically is true. And, and many of those things have been proven to be true over the years, well before they were accepted as truth in our world and in our nation. And yet they've all been proven to be true. Everything the Bible says about history. Remember the video I showed? I don't even remember when I showed that about uh, about at the Red Sea. Remember the video going that where they went under and found the the things that had grown up under there that had grown around what what can only be explained as chariot wheels and axles of chariots. I mean, the evidence is there. The photos are there. The video is there. And yet you, you have people that, that claim it's not there. All right, let's, let's, I don't want to get tied down to when we're just about out of time. Chapel says this. He says, evolution, this is our next quote here. Evolution is based on a series of suppositions and theories that ha- all have one theme in common. And that theme is a rejection of God. Evolution is based on a series of suppositions and theories. That's why, folks, it's called the theory of evolution, right? It's called it's it's literally called the theory of evolution. Now, now we got people in our in our world that want to make it absolutely 100% true no matter. It's it's a theory. It's a wrong theory. It's an anti-biblical theory because the Bible tells me in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Now, why is this so important? And I'm going to end with this tonight before we finish this sheet. But I'm going to end with this tonight. This is so important, folks, for this reason. If I do not believe the biblical account of creation, which literally is the first verse in the Bible, how am I going to believe the rest of the Bible? If it's wrong, if Genesis 1-1 is wrong... How do I know that when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father but by me, how do I know that that's right? Or how do I know when God says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God in the book of Romans, how do I know that that's right? Or how do I know that as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all sin? How do I know that that's right? See, if Genesis 1-1 could be wrong, or is wrong, or even if it could be wrong, then any verse in the Bible could be wrong. And folks, as soon as we say that any verse in the Bible that could, could be wrong, we don't have faith. Our faith is no good. It's vain. Yes? I was just going to say, Christians really should just stick to their guns because every time we, like I remember growing up, and to, there was a fight then to say that the theory of creation and the theory of evolution could be taught side by side. In the yeah, it could work hand in hand, yeah. Right, and now there's no room for, for no. creation. No, And that's the way it always is in our society. The more you give place and tolerate other people's ideas, I'm not saying we shouldn't be intolerant, I'm just saying we should stick to our guns and not, yes. and not, not tell people, to let people tell us that we can't believe those things. We have to speak the truth 
in love. We're going to cover that on Sunday. Speak the truth in love. Listen, folks, we cannot back down from the truth. We cannot say, well, maybe it didn't really happen that way. Maybe God didn't create. Maybe your, your viewpoint of evolution is right. No, because if their viewpoint of evolution is right, then our whole Bible is wrong. Because the very first verse of our Bible says, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. It, do, it doesn't say God helped with it. It doesn't say, as our chart at the beginning of the study tonight, God kind of guided it. No, it's not, it's not what it says. It says, in the beginning, God created. Amen. Out of nothing. Ex nihilo. Out of nothing. That's how God created. And so... Um, we're out of time. I'm getting Brett syndrome. We are out of time. It's all Brett's fault. No, no not really. But I've enjoyed the study, folks. I hope we will continue to enjoy it over the weeks to come. Uh, next two weeks, like I said, Brett's going to jump back into uh, uh, Psalm 119 for two Wednesday nights, and then we'll be right back to biblical worldview. Continuing on, we probably got at least one more week on this issue of uh, creation. I looked ahead in the book just to see what was coming up. So if you remember when we talked about the um, when we talked about the um, uh, the the, the, the uh, cultural issues today, and we spent a couple or three weeks working down those charts I made for you, you know, speaking to this issue, speaking to this issue. So pretty soon, the rest of the book we're working on is going to take an in-depth look at some of those specific, not all the ones we covered, because we made that list, but the book is going to look at some of them more in depth than we did. I think it's going to be really good as we work forward in the weeks to come and uh, and we go from there. So, uh, all right, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for your blessings, Lord. Thank you for the time that we can study your word. And Lord, I pray that we would just become students of the book, Lord. I pray that we would learn to stand our ground, to, to believe your word as it says it is, and Lord, we'll be able to defend our faith. Lord, we thank you for everybody that's here tonight. Just give everybody a safe trip home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.